Good morning, and greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today we continue our series that we are calling Abiding in Christ, which is a seven-week deep dive into the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. And Jesus' invitation for us to abide or remain in him, and his promise that he will abide in us as well. Now, if you haven't heard the previous messages of this series, I encourage you to go onto our website and take a listen. Um, because while on the one hand, each week's message is a standalone message, they build on one another, and they give us deeper and deeper insight into the words of Jesus. So today we're looking at Jesus' words where he says, No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must abide in the vine. Um, Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. And you see, this, is a, this, this idea of fruitfulness is a theme throughout Scripture, not just here in this teaching from John. We see it in our reading from the Psalms. We see it in our reading from Paul in Galatians today. And you see, this is one way that the scriptures get about talking about one of the big existential questions of this life. What is the meaning and purpose of my life? How do I do something that matters with the time that I have? You see, we all have this internal sense that this life, it means something. That it's more than just we're born, we live, and we die. There's something within us that cries out an understanding that this life is more than that. That we're here for a reason. And Jesus talks about that as a fruitful life. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me and you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In our text, Jesus talks with vineyard language. He says, I am the true vine. God is the gardener. The Father is the gardener. And we are the branches. And so where does this life find its meaning? It finds its meaning in bearing fruit for the true vine. And yet so many in this life, even Christians, try to look for a fruitful life in places other than Christ. And so today, my hope for us is that each and every one of us would take a good, hard look at our lives, that we would be honest with ourselves and open up our hearts to be searched by God this morning. Because I believe that as we do so, God's going to be doing some recalibrating for us. He's going to show us where our lives are out of sync with his love for us and with his will for us. As we ask these questions, where do I abide? And what do I abide? And what kind of fruit does it produce? You see, that first question, where do I abide? It's saying, what is at the center of your life? If your life is a wheel, what is the hub that it turns 
around? What are the things that guide and shape the way you think, the decisions you make, and the things that you value? What shapes and informs the way you understand the relationships you have? The relationships with others and your relationship with God. Where do you abide? Now, I'm going to go for the gut punch right away today and say that I think a lot of people in the world we live in abide in the internet. And if you aren't sure if that's you, here's what you can try. Set apart some time, pray that God would give you wisdom and discernment, and then look at the screen time tracker on your cell phone. Uh, according to the data, which we know they collect, the average person spends three and a half hours on their phone daily. And the average Gen Zer, 5.2 hours on their phone. And our lives bear fruit in kind. We're anxious, stressed, we feel busy, but don't always feel like we have a ton to show for it. We grow increasingly distant from others and antagonistic towards those who don't agree with the things we do. The fruit of abiding online. Some of us abide in work. Our sense of meaning and value in this life comes from what we do and what it earns us. The salary, the status, the respect. And I can't tell you how many people I know who have sacrificed so much at the altar of work. Who sacrificed time with family, with their spouse or kids. You see, there are places like Google's campus in Mountain View. They have cafeterias, gyms, laundry centers, car washes, even places that you can take a nap and sleep. You never have to leave work. Your life can revolve around it. That's the culture we live in. But should it? I was talking to someone earlier this week who talked about how hard it was for them to retire. He said, my, my life, my identity, my purpose, it was so tied up in my work, and then it was all just done. Now what? You know, for young people, it can be academics, athletics. It's easy for it, us to do because everyone around us does it. Now, sometimes it's the significant other or the spouse. They become the person who gives us our sense of value in this life. And then maybe the breakup happens. But even when it doesn't, I want you to hear this today. Your spouse is not supposed to be your savior. Some find their meaning in their kids. The identity is parents, and then all of a sudden the nest is empty, and life feels empty. From what I hear, it comes quicker than I'm ready for. Now here's the thing I want to make clear today. I'm not just here to make these things a punching bag. Because all of these things are good, even the internet. But 
Not when they become the center of our lives. Not when we become the thing around which the whole wheel turns. They're good in their right place, but not when they become where we abide. They can't be where we find our meaning because they can't deliver that much. They're not enough. Only Christ is. Because he's the true vine. He's the source and he's the only one in all of creation who is up to the task. And he says, abide in me and I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. You see, when you abide in Christ, things like work, family, academics, athletics, our social lives, that even the time we spend online, they take their rightful place. Now think about it. Parents in the house. Which one of you parents would not be a better dad, a better mom, if you were more like Christ? You see, when you spend time in God's presence, when you trust his word and let it shape and guide you, when you seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit and trust where he leads, when you abide in Christ, these places don't become the thing that gives your life purpose, that makes your life fruitful. They become the places where we bear fruit in this life. You see, they're where we can live that fruitful, purpose-filled life that is given to us by the true vine. And so when those things come and go as they often do, when you finally graduate, when football or basketball or baseball is done, when work is done and you, or you, and you retire, or you're let go, when the kids move out, you're not left empty because Christ is inviting you into a new season of fruitfulness. So what kind of fruit do we see in the lives of those who abide in Christ? Our text from Galatians 5 today gives us a good look at it. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, uh, they contain the fruit of the Spirit. They say, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says, against such things there is no law. You see, this is the kind of fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in us. And I don't know about you, but when I hear that list, the thing that first comes to mind for me is this. We live in a world that needs people like that so badly. I'm also reminded of how desperately I need Christ. Because that is a list that I can never live up to. And so the truth of the matter for us is that we don't see this kind of fruit in our lives unless it is something that God's Spirit itself produces in us. We don't see it unless we abide in Christ. And so as I wrap up today, 
I want to give you two things you can do, one that you can do now and one that you can do later. And so if you have a bulletin this morning, uh, grab it and you can grab a, you can fight with the person next to you for that one pencil in there. Uh, or you can take out your phone. I know it's ironic to take out your phone, especially during this sermon. But uh, you take out your phone, make a little note. Um, but I want you to jot down. As you see this list up on the screen here. Let's go back a slide. <laughs> there it is. What fruit of the Spirit do you think God wants to produce in your life right now? You know, I suspect that when you see that list, something pops off the page for you. It, it does for me. That's what you can do today. Write that down. And the thing you can do later. As you go into your week, make it your prayer daily that God would produce this fruit in your life. You can even invite a trusted brother or sister in Christ to join you in praying for that as well. And as you pray this week, my hope is that you would expect that God would deliver. That as you abide in Christ, as Psalm 1 says, you would be like a tree planted by streams of water, which does not fail to bear fruit. That's the promise of God. It's not wishful thinking. And so as we go to God and say, Lord, I pray that you would produce in me the things you promised you would by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would expect that God would make good on his word. If you want a life of meaning and purpose, it begins with Christ. He must be at the center. We find our purpose when we find it in him. Our lives are fruitful when he bears fruit through us. Once again, I want to end this week the way we've finished the past two weeks with a prayer from Andrew Murray's classic book, The True Vine. And I invite you to pray it with me in your hearts. Much fruit, so be it, blessed Lord Jesus. It can be, for you are the vine. It shall be, because I am abiding in you. Lord, may we be a people who eagerly expect Jesus to deliver on his promise that he will bear fruit in our lives as we abide in him. Amen. Please stand.